does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You know, I got to thinking about it. This song has to instantly, I would think, put Rick Carlisle right back in college. I was going to say, Van Halen, was that oh, man. one of his go-tos? So that, that album, I mean, Van Halen, 1984. and 1984, Rick Carlisle was in the Final Four with the Virginia Cavaliers. So that's got to be like right up his alley, I would think, right? We know he likes music. I was going to say, we asked him some music questions last time. He was on with us. I guess we can begin there with the coach of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Rick, you a big Van Halen guy? Uh, I wouldn't say big. I, you know, listened to a lot of it back in the 80s, as you guys are talking about. But um, that's not really my genre. I'm more of a traditional jazzer and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I, I respect their work for sure. That song, I just, when I hear Jump, I'm like instantly right back and – in, in that era, no question. Coach, um, thanks for joining us this morning. Let's begin with this since we talked to you last because I think it was right at the outset of the season. You know, and I'm curious because our ebb and flows, obviously, when, especially with a young team. Where is this team right now versus maybe where you thought it would be at this point? Are you about where you thought you'd be? Well, I, you know, the expectation at the end of the year was that we were going to win 23 and a half games if you asked the Vegas odds makers and a lot of people look at that to try to project things and predict you know the order of the draft and the future you know and all that kind of stuff um I was I was unsure exactly you know what the expectations should be I felt we were um better than that uh, headed into it because we have a great point guard and we've got some We've got some really solid veteran players that, you know, I felt could play at the level that they're playing at, you know, talking about guys like Miles and talking about Buddy and, you know, McConnell and, 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 and guys like that. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised that we're, I guess we're 500 right now. Um, a lot of people expected us to be lower. Um, I look at the last three or four days, and feel like, you know, we should probably be a couple of games above if we have done our job against Brooklyn and, um, you know, regardless of what happened last night. But those are the ebbs and flows of an NBA season. And, you know, when you have a young team, you go through some of these kinds of uh, growth situations. And, you know, that's kind of where we are. 28 games in, as Rick Carlisle said, 14-14, and the Indiana Pacers here. And Rick Carlisle joins us on this Tuesday morning. Um, if you had to look kind of big picture at the season as a whole so far, again, 28 games in, what have you liked? What haven't you liked about your squad? Uh, I've liked the chemistry, the togetherness. I like our, I like our skill level. Um, you know, the, some of the, some of the inconsistency that we've had at times, um, maybe a product of youth, you know, certainly, there's times that, you know, I need to coach them better. You know, I mean, that's it all, you know, every, everybody's accountable for everything that, that happens here. Um, but people have, you know, have taken a liking to this group. 
because we 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 play we play fast um we play with energy the ball moves um we have athletes you know we fly around we attack the rim um you know the, the three point shot is is a weapon um and so one of the comments you you frequently hear is gosh that's a fun team you know um and i and i agree with that so that's been good. Um, the things I don't like, I don't know. I don't really, there's nothing I really don't like about this team. Um, you know, I know that we need to continue to add, um, you know, to add talent as we, as we move along. And, um, you know, I really, it's just been a great experience, you know, the last several months working with Kevin and Chad on, on, on this roster and the way these guys have, have been able to turn the roster over um, and go from a team that was, uh, you know, a, heavily a veteran team um, to a much younger team and a much more athletic team. And I think it bodes well for the future. And uh, it shows the kind of work that these guys, you know, um, meaning Kevin and Chad and you know Kelly Crosscuff, Ted Wu, that, that they're capable of. Which player on your roster, Coach? Rick Carlisle is our guest on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Which player on your roster do you feel like you ask to wear the most hats and have the most different roles depending on the flow of the game? Well, that's easy. It's Halliburton. You know, he's he's the he's the guy that has the ball. Um, he's the guy that is really, you know. I heard a great, a great saying, axiom, whatever, a few years ago. Um, I heard from Jim O'Brien, who did a great job taking over the Pacers um, during kind of their rebuild era before Paul George and and you know Hibbert and and those guys. And he said, you know, and he was talking about the difference between being an assistant coach and a head coach, and he said. You know, when you're the head coach, you're responsible for everybody's attitudes. And when you're the point guard, um, you know, for a team, it, it's much the same thing. You have the ball. You have to have an awareness of, um, you know, who who your weapons are, who needs who needs a touch now, who needs a touch, you know, sometime in the next two or three. Um, and in a sense, you're kind of responsible for everyone's attitudes on the floor. And so that's a huge responsibility. Um, he's had a monster year so far. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous, you know, with what is it, 11 assists a game and scoring a lot of points. Um, he's played at a super high efficiency level. Uh, last night we saw, you know, a team come in here in Miami and really made a concerted effort to, you know, take him out and make it really difficult on him. Um, he had a very frustrating game offensively. He only scored one point, but he was still plus seven in the game, which gives you an idea of what great players do. You know, if, if they if they can't get involved <laughs> scoring the ball, they find other ways. You know, they move it. They, you know, they get deflections. They make sure the team's running. You know, he did a lot of different things that, that put him in a, in a plus category last night. And, um, you know, next time we play these guys, we're going to have to do some things to help him get, get going. But I think, getting back to your question, you know, he's the guy. He's probably our leader in minutes. 
And so a lot falls on the shoulders of the starting point guard. Be the Pacers and Warriors tomorrow night over at GameBridge Fieldhouse. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rick, going back to your guys' trade with Sacramento last year, I was probably at fault for this, certainly. When the trade happened, I looked at it more Sabonis for Halliburton-related, and I didn't give Buddy Heald enough credit. Then you started to look a little bit deeper into Buddy's career. The dude is available, he's durable, and he is such a weapon, I would think, on a scouting report, just with how consistently he's able to stretch the floor. What has he meant to you guys, and in particular, a very young backcourt around him? Yeah, that's, it's it's a great point. Um, he's a guy that gets overlooked. He's been, I think, unfairly maligned, you know, in his career for, you know, probably assortment of, of different reasons. But what we have found, um, and, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know, um, we have found is that this guy has an indomitable spirit, to compete he lives in the gym <laughs> you know on game days you know we generally do our walkthroughs um in the afternoon before the game because just to minimize travel you know we have a lot of guys that live up north and you know he'll be in here in the morning regardless um he comes in at night you know um and he doesn't want to hear about not playing <laughs> he just he he tweaked his ankle in a game um, it was a couple games ago, and you know, uh, our trainers asked him about it, and he said, nah, I, I, "I'm good. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. About it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." You know, <laughs> and so yeah, he plays, and so uh, you know, it's part of the culture that we're you know we're building here is you know guys that obviously are good players, um, but guys that love the game and want to play. Um, and, you know, he, he sets a great tone and a great example. And he has always got a just a positive, good energy, regardless of the situation in the game. He's always in the huddle saying, hey, guys, keep believing, keep believing a lot of time. So he's, he's, been, um, he's been very good as a leader here as well. Coach, when you look at young players, and I'll specifically – point to, to Benedict Matherin, who obviously is going to be a very good player. But when you look at young players that get off to really good starts, and, and then ultimately, and it happens inevitably, I mean, you were a player, so I'm sure you can relate to this from your playing days as well. When water starts to find its level a little bit, which is a bigger challenge for a young player? Is it the physical rigors of the NBA schedule, which is new to a guy that was used to playing in college? Or is it learning to adjust to the fact that now defenses are starting to see film on you and are starting to adjust that what they're doing to limit you versus, like, say, your first month in the league? Yeah, well, Jake, the, the truth is it's both. It really is. And until you get into a stretch that we've been in the last two, two and a half weeks, you know, when you're, when you're a young player, you know, early on this season we had quite a bit of spacing, you know, between games. We had a – three-day break one time we and we may have even had a four-day break and so usually you got a couple of those a year um and the fact that a lot of our good spacing was early i think we have another good spacing period you know like sometime in february or january or something like that but when when it gets busy man you know it gets busy you know we we played um seven games in 11 days or something like that 
on the road trip came back and then we played three and four nights. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're looking at 10 games and whatever the, whatever the minimum number of days is, you know, 15 days or something like that. And, you know, when you go from playing two games a week, maybe in college to now, I think that it's like three, three and a half games per week on average, maybe, maybe three point, you know, three and three and three quarter game. I don't know whatever it is, but it, it, I mean, it just keeps, it comes at you. It's like, you know, it's like a snowstorm and the snow just keeps hitting your windshield, you know? Um, But there's something about him that is a little different than most rookies. He has really a, a fire that burns in him to, to compete, um, to, you know, to be great, to be, as good as he can possibly be, um, there's there's a t- there's a physical toughness, there's a mental toughness. Um, you know, he's another guy that loves to play. Has been dinged up a little bit, but is, you know, doesn't doesn't like the training room, doesn't want to deal with the trainers. You know, he just he he just wants to keep going. And again, this is this is the kind of guy that that we're trying to get to be um, to draft or acquire to be Indiana Pacers and you know, people have a fascination with Ben, you know, I think because they see the, they see the, the toughness, they see the grit. Um, he does show emotion, even though he has a stoic side to him. Um, and the guy can really score. Rick Carlisle's with us here again, uh, Pacers and Warriors tomorrow night, four game homestand for Indiana as they just got back from that long Western road trip. Uh, he's with us on the Payless Slickers hotline. The other rookie, um, I think deservedly so, Rick, a, a ton of attention for Andrew Nemhard over the past couple of weeks. Seems like you've thrown him into a lot of different situations, and he's handled them quite well. He strikes me as an individual that if I were you, Andrew Nemhard would make me sleep pretty easy at night. And, and I don't know if a lot of rookies fall into that boat. Um, ha- has he provided that for you and a guy that you know you can throw into different roles and you don't usually have maybe the rookie stress that you do with some others? Yeah, very, uh, very mature, very skilled. Um, not a big talker, but a guy that, you know, he he assesses situations. He learns very quickly and he figures things out. You know, his college coach um, told one of our scouts, you know, when 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 our guys were were looking at him um, in the la- over the last couple of years, you know. This guy, his term was this guy figures things out. You know, you 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 present you know a set of problems or challenges. He figures he said he figures it out as quickly or more quickly than any player he's ever had at Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's hmm. really established a you know a, a, a major big time program. You know, and this kid played with Suggs and he played with you know a lot of other really high level players um, when he was there. He has. He has gotten on the floor um, mostly because early, early on, I, sh- I should say, because of his ability as a defender. He's been one of our top defensive players. You know, he and Neesmith probably are our two best perimeter defenders um, on the team, and we've got some other guys that are pretty damn good too. You know, Matherin's getting better, but he's but he's been better than people think. You know, Chris Duarte has has shown that he can. You know, play defense at a at a high level, and um, that said, you know, last night 
to start the game, you know, Nemhar's guarding Jimmy Butler. And, uh, you know, a week ago yesterday, we're playing the Warriors at Golden State, and he's guarding he's guarding Curry, you know, and he had to play 42 minutes and, and really threw up a, a stat line really for the ages. If you're talking about, you know, some of the <laughs> – some of the best performances ever seen for a 31st pick in the draft, you know, last week against Golden State. So he's been terrific. And he, he, Halliburton, Matherin, I mean, it's a threesome of guards that really puts this franchise in a nice position, you know, moving forward over the next several years, several meaning, you know, anywhere from, (laughs) I don't know, four to Four to ten. Has, you know? has so, Neesmith cemented himself in that in that thought process as well? Yeah, Neesmith is. Uh, you know, I. This has been a great opportunity for him because in Boston, his his opportunities were, you know, infrequent. Um, they weren't as consistent as they are here. Um, you know, I, I, I classify him more as a wing player than, you know, one of the one of our, you know, quote unquote guard guard guards. Right. Um the last night, you know, he started at the four position for us and uh, you know, he was guarding he was guarding hero and um and then Nimhard's guarding guarding Butler, you know, and that's those are two those are two really good players and that's two young players, you know, that are taking on some pretty big challenges. Coach, we'll end with this, and again, appreciate your time on this Tuesday morning. Uh, obviously, tomorrow, Golden State, and the unique challenges that come across an NBA schedule, where does Steph Curry and the Warriors rank in terms of preparation for you? Well, they're as difficult as any team you're going to face, you know, really simply because of their shooting ability, um, the fact that they pass and move so well. And Steve has really developed um, – a random style of playing that has a level of unpredictability, even though you know that, you know, Steph and Clay and, you know, now Poole and Wiggins are going to touch it a lot. Um, you know, they, they just, they have a style that doesn't involve a lot of play calling. So you have to really prepare conceptually for these guys. And, um, and it's a big task. I mean, and you know when you got guys like that running around that can throw in the shots that Curry and Thompson and these guys that we're talking about can throw in, um, <laughs> it is one of the things that's difficult is you know to just explain to your team that hey when they when they do this and like you know for instance last week playing at their place and the building gets going hey we got to take the ball out <laughs> and get it up quick and just. We got to counterattack. You know, we got to get it up, get it in the paint. We got to get, we got to create a great shot. Um, but it is, it is some kind of challenge. And I still say, you know, the 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 finals effort that Steph Curry put in last year, the shot making, the timely shot making, um, the diversity with which he scored scored the ball, was one of the great performances I've ever seen. Again, Pacers tomorrow night, Warriors, 7 o'clock tip at the Fieldhouse, and then Friday in Cleveland, Rick Carlisle, the head coach on the Payless Ziggers Hotline. Coach, appreciate it, and uh, we will see you at the Fieldhouse tomorrow, all right? Gentlemen, be well. Thank you. Take care.